Welcome to Life on the Hill. If this is your first time joining us, this podcast is intended for Hamilton College students in the Hamilton College community to hear the voices committed to the success of Hamilton College students. My name is Travis Hill, and I'm the host of this program. In this episode, you will hear from Elizabeth Doherty, Coordinator of Career Services at Mohawk Valley Community College, and for the context of this conversation, my partner. Thanks for joining me, Liz. (laughs) I'm glad to be here. So this is fun because I have had to transition to doing my interviews all over Zoom and recording them that way. So this is the first interview since March that I've been able to do in person. So thanks for that. Well, I'm glad that uh, us living together has finally worked out for you. (laughs) It's taken this long, but it's finally paid off. That and this, as you just said, is our date night. So, you know, we really know how to do it big. Woo! So it's not common for the guest on the podcast to be an indirect member of the Hamilton College community, but this is a unique episode because I happen to be the first person at Hamilton College to test positive for COVID-19, and as a result, our family has gone through quite a bit of things. So the purpose of this particular episode is to share our experience in case it's helpful to the community. So in order for us to do that, it feels like we should start from the, I guess, our beginning of dealing and working through the pandemic and that for us being New York State residents and Clinton residents was March. So can you kind of take us back to March and when both of our campuses started to shut down and things started to change and how we as a family adjusted at that time? Yeah, I feel like beginning of March like many people. We didn't know a lot about what was happening. There was this kind of like flu bug that seemed to to potentially be causing problems or be more contagious than the average flu. But I feel like as early as or as late as a week before everything shut down, I was still planning to take students to a conference in like the sure. middle of March in New York City. Talked to our school and the school was like, yeah, you should definitely go. And we're like, okay, statewide conference, here we come. And then all of a sudden... The schools were closed, which meant our kids were home, which meant we were home. And then, like, I work at the community college in Utica, and that closed down a week later. So it was very sudden. There was this flu bug we might or might not get, and it wouldn't be that big a deal to, like, all of a sudden it was something worth shutting schools down and having everybody work from home. And so early on, I'd say we-ish, me, our, our planners in that, we think, okay, the way to get ready for this is just to make sure we have all the supplies we need in case... All of us are going to get the flu. And uh, especially because in that early time, people started mass buying everything, right? And it was getting a little crazy. So while we had the chance, we would make sure that we have, you know, Advil for old people and little people. And that we have vitamin C and just our regular multivitamins. And we have tea. And I guess you should know Travis will only eat Campbell's chicken and stars soup when he's <laughs> sick. And so we have to have some of that on stock. So it was just like, all right, get stocked up on things that we probably usually have in some amount, but make sure we have enough. Should we all get this new flu? We, spoiler alert, did not get it in March. And then just kind of settled into our new normal routine of both of us working from home our kids were home we were all home for six months together kids schools closed and that was it until the start of school in September and so then we were just kind of not thinking about it as much because we were very intentional about being very safe we did not 
hang out with friends. We did not see lots of extended family. We just hung out at home and went for walks and did things just with our crew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you were have been, and we, we say were because we're building up to this positive test situation, but we still are doing all of those things. And Liz has been the family shopper, and I've been going almost nowhere other than picking up takeout that can be accomplished and always wearing masks and all the things. And so, yeah, fast forward to September and I had come to campus. I've been working remotely throughout since Hamilton closed a couple weeks after I came home and have stayed home. And I went to campus and got tested. And the next day I woke up and I was feeling fine and normal and then as the day went on it changed in a hurry and I started having all kinds of flu-like symptoms so I sore achy runny nose a bit of a cough and a pretty serious headache like so much that in the afternoon I was in meetings and I was struggling to focus and I was just trying to power through the meetings and I got a break in between them and I came downstairs and took my temperature and it was 102.4 at which point i was like oh this is not good this is not a good thing and so i called my doctor's office and they were like yeah you better get tested and then i called my go-to resource on all things covid19 barb flutie and she was lovely as always and kind of said you know i can't tell you what to do or not to do but It seems unlikely that that's what's going on, but your test that you took on campus will tell you. One way or the other, that will tell you if that's what it is or if you just have something else. And so we went on with our evening as normal. I wasn't feeling well, but otherwise as normal. And that night, around 9 o'clock, I got a phone call from a number that I didn't know, which is really uncommon, but it was a local number. And I thought, "Mm, I know the protocols. I better answer this. And it was the head of HR, Steve Stemkowski. And let me tell you, getting a call at night from the head of (laughs) HR is never a good thing. It's always when they're giving out awards. They're like, you're doing such a great job. Thanks for being amazing. Wanted to call you on this Thursday evening and pass that along. Yes. And I don't know. You just don't want that call. And of course, in this context and knowing the protocols, I knew what the call was. And... Steve is a very kind man, and I'm a fan of Steve's. And he said to me, how you feeling, bud? And I'm like, we don't have quite that kind of relationship. I know him decently well, but the how you feeling, bud, was clearly like the Steve trying to be very kind and thoughtful, knowing that he was about to deliver for the first time in the fall this news nobody wants. And so... I'm downstairs, I had been picking up, and we should, I should we should add that we have a three and a five-year-old, so we're doing post-bedtime, normal routine things, I'm picking up things in the living room, Liz was in the kitchen, cleaning up things, and just preparing for the rest of our evening, and I'm on the phone, and she's meandering around, and he and I are talking, and, and he's asking me questions about any potential contacts on campus, and how I'm feeling, and, and just making sure I'm doing okay, and understand what you know, my rights are as someone who has this. And Liz kind of is shoots me a look like, who are you on the phone with? And I thought she had kind of put it together given that I had been sick and we had talked about this. And so I looked at her and I was like, it's the head of HR, Steve. I tested positive. And 
she looked at me like, I don't really understand what you're saying. And I was like, I tested positive for COVID-19. At which point her whole face changed and her mouth dropped to the floor and she just walked away. Like just went to the kitchen and walked away. And I knew that that was a valid, reasonable response. And I don't really know what happened next, but I finished the conversation with Steve. And in that process, you know, I started asking questions about who's going to find this out. And the irony is the last podcast episode that I released was with Usman. And we were talking about being worried for the first person that would test positive in the Hamilton community because of the amount of pressure that existed having had no positive cases. And it started, and, and I said in that podcast, I'm, I've thought a lot about who that person would be who would test positive and want them to be okay. And then ironically, it ended up being me. And I do want to acknowledge that as somebody who was working remotely and had no contacts at Hamilton after the contact tracing process, that I had it easy compared to what I thought and what I frankly am concerned for for the folks who are experiencing it now and any kind of concern that they or reactions that they're experiencing. But I felt that. I felt nervous and awkward and guilty and worried, not just, of course, for the health of myself and my family, but the potential that I would have a negative impact on anybody in the Hamilton or Clinton communities. And so it was hard. It was awkward. Uh, Steve was wonderful about it, but it was, it was challenging. So now let's back up briefly and kick it over to you to talk about that moment when I said I tested positive for COVID-19. Yeah. So like you had been sick that day and but honestly, I'm, I mean, it's a little bit that sometimes I feel like you're a person that gets the man flu. So like, <laughs> totally. When you're sick, you're like a hangnail looks similar to having <laughs> COVID-19. I'm just kidding. Not that bad. But so, and then you took your temperature. I remember I was at a Zoom, in a Zoom meeting for work at this table. Mm-hmm. And I remember people, and I like got up from the meeting and was like, oh my gosh, you're like actually sick. But I still didn't think... Sure. COVID, even though our whole lives are different because of it. We both work at a college and spend our whole summer yes. talking about it up to our eyeballs, getting kids for school because nothing in our lives pointed toward, you know, Clinton's not a hotbed of it. We were not social. Like we were, it's not like, oh, well, we did go to that wedding this weekend. Like we really just right. were like, oh, we got Panera handed to us through our car window that one time like kind of stuff both of us are wearing a mask and so that's why i think when you were like i tested positive and i was just like what are you talking about just confused what would be happening at night and then when you said that i just it was a lot to process all at once and i think it was a lot of things obviously i'm worried for travis i'm kind of fond of him (laughs) and pretty much the whole of my life depends on him getting to to be a part of it and us doing lots of things together the overwhelming sense of like okay now i got to what does this even mean how do we what do we do like how do we take care of you how do we take care of our kids me later on we would learn our dogs apparently we're supposed to be worried about giving it to our dogs <laughs> thanks to one health department person telling us that but there's just so many moving parts of like what does this even mean how can i even possibly clean my house enough to do this but I think most of the initial thing was just worrying about you because I feel like it's it seems to just be this wild card of who is okay, who has a mild flu, who ends up in the hospital. And so there was just a lot to process mm-hmm. in like 45 seconds there when I'm like, okay, I got to clean the house and keep us safe and take care of you. And 
Yeah. Will this into being okay? And yeah. Yeah. That's kind of everything that was like immediately yes. running through my brain. Sure. So then what did we do at that point? Can you describe what steps we took once I was off the phone? Yeah. So you put on the mask. I should probably have put on a mask, but honestly, I just assume we all had it if I'm being totally honest. <laughs> like, But yeah, like put on masks. The goal was to isolate you in our bedroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're lucky enough that you could live in our bedroom and have a bathroom to yourself. And so like I grabbed a handful of clothes and the book I was reading <laughs> out of our bedroom and then was like, all right, you live here now. And then I spent several hours bleaching our entire house mm-hmm. and and luckily we because of we had gotten prepared in march we're not normally a bleach kind of house mm-hmm. we're more a seventh generation <laughs> multi-purpose cleaner spray but in march we had gotten some things feeling like whatever this super bug is we gotta be ready to clean it. so wipe down every surface in the whole house and so that took a long time and did a lot of cleaning a lot of prep so our three and five year old are wonderful but need a fair amount of attention Mm -hmm. and so in my mind I was like all right I got to get ready to take care of Travis make sure we have the things that he's going to want to eat the things that he's going to need going back to that Campbell's chicken and star soup oh yeah but also as probably any parent who's ever been sick or about being sick you're like all right, what's the easiest thing that I can feed my kids? Like, this is not when I'm making them lasagna from scratch. This is like, do I have what I need to be able to feed them if I can only minimally function at some point? And so just trying to to prepare for those things. And then also there's this work piece. Um, Work is not my whole life. I do enjoy my job. It was a busy time of year. It was like the second week of classes for us and everything's kind of up in there. I'm teaching a class in addition to my actual job. And... You know, it's like one thing to expect to watch your kids by yourself. Like if Travis is going to a conference and we prepare for it and we know mm-hmm. this is a thing as opposed to with 10 minutes warning, now I'm probably not working. I may get sick. Also, let me just go ahead and <laughs> quick catch up on grading and send my students an email and mm-hmm. move some meetings. This is just trying to to catch up and get prepared for the unknown of what was coming. Right. So what you're saying is you got a lot of sleep and it was really no big deal. And I was like, I feel great about this. <laughs> totally fine. So agreed to all of that. And then for me, the first pieces were worrying that the rest of the family would get sick and not having any clue how severe it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And so what I was experiencing at that point or through that night in particular, was chills and fever and headache and a slightly ramped up version of what I had been feeling in that afternoon. And that went on for about three days. Mm -hmm. And in that time, I had the contact tracer call me the next morning from the health department and that was interesting. I, I didn't go the way that I had anticipated. And I, as you said, I was really engaged in Hamilton planning. So I have, as people in the world who could have this happen Who are not them, medical professionals right. who spent a lot of time talking exactly. about this. I kind of had an idea of what to anticipate. And, and again, like it's so bizarre to have gotten it knowing that I'm like, I didn't even have any contacts because I'm seriously not seeing anybody other than my family. And so I 
ran through that process and I was really surprised that they did not try to figure out where I got it. I anticipated that they would look back further, but they really were only interested in the 48 hours prior to me experiencing Mm -hmm. symptoms. And that was surprising to me and a little bit disconcerting, but in reality, that's not actually what they're trying to do. They're not Columbo. That's, that's going to date well. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Are you even old enough to make that reference? They're not detectives. They're not trying to get to the bottom of my, how I got it. They're just trying to stop the spread. So they're only focused on who I could have given it to. And so I was able to give them information. It all worked out fine. The person was lovely. And then I was just sick. Like that was just kind of the reality. And I'm sitting there thinking, I feel bad. And I don't know where this is headed. Like, I don't know if this is the start and it's going to get a lot worse or if this is it. I really didn't know. And so that was, of course, scary. And I just felt not good. But in reality, now that I'm through it, fortunately, I know that those three days were the worst of it for me. And that from there it got better. I, you know, the... The fever continued longer for a little bit, a couple couple more days, and the headaches because of the fever, but the achiness went away, and then the fever went down enough that the shivers and the things went away, and I developed a bit of a cough, which was also scary, but it was not, it didn't turn into anything serious, and so that was good, and I, I just want to acknowledge how fortunate I am. And I know that because we have people in our lives and people listening, I'm, I, I'm very cognizant that you probably have other people in your lives that have experienced this and more acutely. And, and so I feel lucky for that. But for me, isolation was hard and I had about best case scenario. I was in my own home with the sounds of my family and somebody who loved me looking after me and able to drop off food outside my door and bring me my favorite soup, which P.S. I assume Campbell's will give us some sort of <laughs> kickback for right. the Chicken and Stars Life on promotion. the Hill, now sponsored by Campbell's. Yeah, right. Chicken and Stars and 7th <laughs> Generation. So you're welcome. We, I'm, we get that kind of listenership here. <laughs> so it was hard, though. Isolation was still hard. It was scary, and it was worst for me when you started to get sick. Mm-hmm. And, and not knowing what to do with that and being worried about how severely you would experience it and certainly worrying about the boys. And we ended up calling a variety of healthcare professionals that were not the, the health department who are not necessarily healthcare professionals. And the first one was my doctor's office. And they gave really weird advice and I think it was largely because they didn't there's no good answers and they didn't want to guide me in a bad direction but I'm sitting there with a doctor on the other end of the line being like my wife is now sick I'm feeling a little better what do we do should we trade should I stay in here what I don't I don't know what to do we have a three and a five year old and the person was like you should both isolate And I was like, how does that work? (laughs) And they were like, well, can you send your children to someone else? And I said, we're in quarantine protocol. Like, that's your recommended next step is to expose other people. The only people in our nearby world that could do that are higher risk than we are. Like, that's not an option. And I started to cry because I was just scared. And the person just 
desperately wanted to get off the phone with me. <laughs> it was just like, I have no answers for you. Can you please stop ruining my Monday or whatever day of the week it was? And uh, so I, it was what it was, but it was really, really scary. So I've talked for a while. Can you talk about what it was like for you when you started to feel sick? Sure. So what was I? Three, four days, I think, behind you in terms of experiencing symptoms. And so on one hand, I think that's a pretty typical pattern for us. Like just in a non-pandemic, like if our house gets the flu, Travis gets it first and gets it worse and not like me making fun of him, but he like legitimately gets sicker and has more symptoms. I will get it later and have a lighter version of it. I don't know why. Like that's just like how it works. Thanks, immune system. Um, And so on one hand, that kind of fit the pattern. And so that was like, okay. I kind of knew it was going to come, that the odds that I did not have it. You're most contagious the two days before you experience symptoms. Um, And so at that point, we were... Being regular. Being regular. Breathing a lot of the same air kind of things. (laughs) And so it was this waiting game. Every time I'd like have a pain or something, I'm like... Oh my gosh, is that it? I, like, nope, I'm just old. Nope, I just got off the couch. Like, <laughs> Also, I was just busy trying to get life to an okay spot and field 147 calls from the state and local health departments and talk to schools. Our kids go to two different, like a preschool and an elementary school, talk to my work, all these pieces. So it's kind of good to be busy. But then I did, like I just kind of woke up on the, in the morning that I experienced it and felt awful. I had gone to bed feeling normal and woke up with the fever, feeling like I've been run over a truck, very sore, very achy, my joints ached. And she just kind of stumbled my way through that day, you know, giving the kids enough yogurt pouches to survive. <laughs> and whatever you can take out of the pantry, that's what you can have for lunch. I mean, just trying to keep us all going. But luckily it was like I felt very sick for a day and then maybe the next morning... Had some lingering achiness. Uh, when I slept, but my fever was completely gone. I'd had a fever for one day. It was as high as I want to say, like 102 point something. And then it was gone the next day. But then, of course, that meant that I had to get tested. And mm-hmm. then I was positive, And then it created this pretend world on paper. Someone is sick. They then isolate away for 10 days. Then they can return to the world and they're totally fine. But we couldn't actually isolate both of us away from our kids. Luckily, I had a really helpful conversation with our pediatrician. I was just like, seriously, what's the real plan here? And like, should Travis and I switch? Is it more important for him to finish the 10 days? And I think everybody's trying to do their best, right? Like, and no one really knows. And even talking to the health department, again, most people we talked to were not medical professionals. They're the contact tracers. And they're just trying to like follow the rules, right? They have a chart of rules about who has 10 days and who has 14 days and when it starts. And I'm like, help, I don't know what to actually do. And what the advice ultimately was is that I then wore a mask from the minute I started to feel symptoms for the whole rest of the week until Travis finished his 10 days. If I had gotten really sick Mm -hmm. or much worse, we probably would have switched and just kind of like dealt with it. But we ultimately let you finish your 10 days in isolation I then spent a week wearing a mask all day. Did I love it? No. Was it totally fine if it gave any chance of keeping my kids from getting sick? Totally worth it. And so, yeah, I started to feel better pretty quickly. Our kids, luckily, have never had any symptoms. Yes. 
I took their temperature religiously. I kept track of their water consumption. You want to give a mom a project to do? Like mm-hmm. <laughs> tell her her kids might have a pandemic <laughs> flu and then watch the ridiculousness with which she can like <laughs> structure their lives. But also to spend a lot of time worrying about Travis in isolation. So I knew at the beginning, obviously he was very sick and I could hear him coughing. Like I'm sitting downstairs. Essentially Travis lived upstairs and we spent all of our days downstairs. And when he was very sick at the beginning, you like... When you're sick, you're getting a weird sleep schedule, and so I don't want to call you because we would call on the cell phone and sure. actually communicate through a door. But this worry of, will I know if he gets sicker and needs mm-hmm. to go to the hospital? How will I know? What if he just is too out of it? I don't think I spent all my time in that bad headspace, but it certainly went there at times. Like how to know how bad you really are. But otherwise, it was just occupying our, our team. Because even when we used to go to a public park and walk around we didn't do that when we were quarantined we were like backyard or house yeah here we go and so trying to just make that fun again after six months we took a three-day break of going to school and then we're we're back home again so then i finished so then you came out of isolation right so then i went in because i had three days three four days days of isolation to get to my 10 days because our kids two-week quarantine didn't actually start until I wasn't with them. Right. So they couldn't start their official two weeks until the last time they were with someone who was positive, which was me. So then at that point, we were already 24 days into it, Mm -hmm. which is something. It is something. And, you know, there are times because there's so many different contact tracers calling and they're calling to check on all four of us at different times in our statuses changed liz has went from quarantine to being an active positive case and all these things and there was one day where the person that liz got on the phone with was like given some pretty wild expectations about the 10-day isolation and that was like you start your 10 days after travis is done even though seven or whatever it is days will have passed before that begins and so that was a lively conversation between us (laughs) ultimately that was not what we needed to be doing but again people are just trying to follow rules and it's hard when rules don't often allow for the nuances of well here's this different circumstance kind of piece so in case you're listening to this and you're like i don't have any children i don't necessarily need to know the ins and outs of how that worked out. We will, at the end, talk about what it's been like since coming out of protocols and whatnot and being cleared, but uh, we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about the experience of dealing with our kids in in this process. So if you're not interested in that, feel free to fast forward or jump off. (laughs) But the big thing for us was we didn't get great advice early on about testing our kids. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. So we, as Travis has mentioned, talked to lots of different people. My general experience, once you are a positive case, you get actual phone calls from people and you are a contact, you get like an initial phone call and then you get sometimes text messages to respond to daily for your 14 days. But yeah, so we, I mean, we talked to people in the state and the county and different things. And so the advice had been to not test our kids. There was not necessarily an advantage to testing them. They were not, they did not show symptoms at all in the month we've been doing this now. Like I said, we've been taking temperatures every day, 
checking all kinds of things. And so we feel very fortunate that our kids have never experienced symptoms and not been sick. But what did change things is so one of the schools that our kids attends wanted them to have a negative test in order to return to the school. Because they were living with someone who was positive. Right. And that changed while we were living it because we are Hamilton's first family. We are our school's first family, like first case, like... My employer, like, we did lots of firsts. Yes. You're welcome, <laughs> Mohawk Valley. Yay. We look forward to our award arriving. Um, It'll be, call, I'll get a call about it from Steve Stumkowski at 9 <laughs> o'clock at night. Right. Giving you that big award and that sponsorship. So, so at any rate, that kind of was a change of the rules while we were home because, of course, as the first family going through this, People are still trying to figure out what this yeah. means and how to keep everybody else safe. And we have many times said, as we've been trying to work through this, priority number one is keeping our kids and our family healthy and safe. Priority number two is making sure that we do everything we can to help the community stay Absolutely. safe. And so we are a part of many large and small communities, and we want to make sure we're doing our part. We're just trying to find that balance and not just say, okay, fine, we'll just live at home in a cave for the rest of our lives <laughs> because we've had it. So at any rate, after we had gone through all of our... Two sets of isolation, boys are almost in quarantine. Uh, we get our boys tested so that they can return to, or get one of our kids tested to return to school. He tests positive, which in talking to, again, our pediatrician, who's been like the real, yay, thanks for helping us out person, explained the kids have probably had it the whole time we did. It's very unlikely. Again, yeah. just like it was very unlikely that I didn't have it when Travis had it first. Same for the kids. We were all living together before Trav got sick. But so because he tested positive, then our counts, their counts start all over again. Travis and I are released and free to move about the country for three months. But then the boys had to start their 10 days. And Well, actually, at first it was... The f- sure. So one tested positive. He started his 10 days. We had to isolate him away. We then get the second one tested. And the good news is... Good news. He tested positive because then it meant 10 days and he could be together if he had tested negative, 14 days of quarantine separate from his brother. You can see why contact tracers were like, is this family done yet? Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the main things that we have learned in this that we would pass along to anybody else is that if someone in your living group that, you know, the state will consider your family, whether you're at a college or, you know, live in the community once one person is sick give it a day or two and then just get everybody tested because then you'll know you we could all like if we'd all been positive back then we could have just lived together in our positive little bubble of of everybody already has the germs kind of piece um another good thing we, we learned is that people can test positive for up to three months right which is interesting interesting i guess in a science way but also in a trying to make rules about communities and keeping everybody safe. If, for example, this is not the case, but if my employer said you have to have a negative test before you could come back to work on campus, but then I could hypothetically test positive for three months, then I just don't go back to work for three months. I mean, it can get a little bit tricky. Uh, We are not medical professionals or even we don't even play them on tv (laughs) right but yeah like in talking to people who are actually medical professionals is that after that 10 days you are not infectious which is why that's the rule and you get to return to 
society, according to like the health department and CDC guidelines. But it's just tricky because sure. everybody's in the community, you know, is understandably worried. Right. The other thing that we learned, and I'll let you talk about it, is we got advice a number of times that was like, oh, you need to have your children tested. There's tons of places to do that. And that turned out, at least in this area, to not be true. Sure. And I think it's an evolving process. I would say fairly easy to get a test as an adult. Sure. Like I did mine in the drive-through of Rite Aid. You make an appointment online, you don't even you give it to yourself and a person just watches you through the window like if you're picking up your prescriptions. That's not the case for kids. And I think it's it's always changing and evolving and sure. so what was true for us 2 weeks ago is probably not true anymore. Yeah. Just like getting tested in March, there were fewer spots and it was mm-hmm. harder to do and now you can get tested lots of places and it's easier and there are ones that are free through the state for adults. And so that's just something that's a little bit tricky to navigate. I guess if you actually know us, we'd be happy to talk that through with you. Absolutely. But in our in my experience, the health department would say, all right, you're going to get your kids tested. You can go here. And I was like, do all of them do minors? And they say, oh, actually, no. Okay. And so there's like places that'll do 18 plus, places that'll do 16 plus, places that'll do 12 plus. The under six crowd, which is where we are partying, is the is the most tricky spot to do it. Mm-hmm. And in our experience, called around and tried to find it. And it was only two places we could find locally. And both of them are the most invasive right. test. There are some local, we just learned today that there's a, a local pediatrician's office that has started doing it. So I think it's it's hopefully getting better. But of course, for us, it just felt like, ugh, one more kick to the teeth when you're down kind of thing. Like, right. now I gotta watch my kids get a painful test. And then tell them, turns out we're not leaving the house yet. Right. <laughs> we're going to be home for another couple of weeks. Yes. All of that. So, we say all this. And we share the story not because you should model your actions after ours by any means. But mostly because it just feels like people don't necessarily know or have a close enough relationship with people so to talk about a little bit about what has happened since we've been able to move about a bit more so i've been cleared for a bit and one of the things i've done since that time i my dentist's appointment and so i show up to the appointment and they're like have you been around anybody with covid19 recently and i'm like here we go. So <laughs> I, I said, yeah, I actually had it and other members of my family and I've cleared protocols and I am good to go now. And the look of like, oh no, because this is the actual hygienist who's asking me. It's, it's just going to be like in your mouth. Literally. <laughs> literally. And so she was like, what, how long? And I said, it's been a couple of weeks now. And she was like, okay. But you could tell it was like, uh, I know that I... should trust you but i don't know that i do trust you and but we went back and we sit down and once she's kind of like committed to all right we're doing this thing all of a sudden now she's like so what happened what were your symptoms how was it and i'm like well you have two hands in my mouth so (laughs) it's not going to be easy to answer those questions but that has been very much my experience is that people are afraid and worried and also super want to know yes they're just curious. It like dominates everybody's life right now. Yeah. And you know the things where everyone's like, how did you get it? 
Wish we knew. I literally think <laughs> a germ fell from the sky and landed in my eyeball, and that's how that happened. I cannot, for the life of me, I, for how intentional we had been and for the exposure that we had from our kids going off into the world to go to school, everybody who is a medical expert was like, that timing doesn't make sense to have had contact and then had symptoms so quickly after is just not yeah, so likely. our kids first day of school was the day before you tested so it was like first day of Correct. school then you tested and so it couldn't have been from that because i was too fast right and so we really have no idea which feels like you could look at that two ways great now i'm just going to go party in the streets because obviously even if you're intentional it doesn't work out or you could look at it like us and say we got to stay the course. Like it's really important because anything can happen. And even people who are being intentional, it could happen. And I say that mostly because going back to my conversation with Usman, he brought up, you got to have a plan. Like if it ends up being you, you should be prepared. You should think about what that's going to be like and have the supplies you need or have the call list of who you'll lean on or whatever the case may be, because we are lucky. We have the resources we need, the housing security and circumstances that let us do this in the least challenging way possible. And we're both quite knowledgeable. And still we found ourselves confused and struggling and having a tough time. And we didn't experience this as nearly as acutely as a lot of people. So we're lucky. We're really, really lucky. Mm-hmm. And, and yep. we're doing this because... We want to be helpful just in case the information's helpful to people or if anybody else, God forbid, experiences this, that maybe that information, this information helps them be a little bit more prepared. And as Liz said earlier, I mean, we're all part of the same community. Don't be afraid to look us up if you need to talk things through some more. Again, we're not medical experts. We're just people who have this particular lived experience. Anything we missed? No, I think that's about about it so thanks everybody for enjoying our date night (laughs) (laughs) well thank you so much for taking the time out of our exciting lives to talk about this yeah i know when you first asked my first thought was like who wants to know our story which is a lot of just me taking notes about who from the health department called me what day they (laughs) said or whatever but yeah as you talked to me about it i kind of was like all right if i were had not gone through this and somebody had offered to share their experience, I would just be curious to understand what it was. And luckily we get to tell it from a place of everything's okay. Right. Not only were we okay, it seems like we did not get anybody else sick, right. which is also important. And some of that was, was luck. Like we've, your parents have been in our bubble the whole summer and we just hadn't seen them for a week because we were just given school starting just a, a minute to breathe. And so We're very thankful for that and for the many people in our village that just checked in on us and dropped off food and, you know, were kind or video chatted with our kids or any number of things. And so we are very appreciative and try to be very mindful of all the things that we have going for us and hope that everybody stays healthy and well. Well, thank you. Yeah. That was Elizabeth Doherty, Coordinator of Career Services at Mohawk Valley Community College. 
Stay tuned for future episodes. This is Life on the Hill.